Have you ever have that? Was that the only time you've been fired? I've never was been that the fired. The only time I was fired. That can't be the only time I was fired. Why? Why? Um, have you ever been fired, Beth? <clears throat> I got laid off during the pandemic. That's different, though. But it, and That's it was my part-time off. job. I was yeah. working five hours a week. Have I ever gotten fired? Yes. Yes. You've been fired more than once? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The second time was like... The second time, it was over $20. Like, you know, so both both of these were about money. And, and I was I was in the wrong. Um, <laughs> Wait, what do <are> you... <laughs> I worked... These were about money. And I was, in fact, in the wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this... This was a job I had as a as a temp um, here in Philly, um, and I, I worked for I worked for university um, at the at the ID card center. So like it's a cash job at the at the time. This is like this is almost twenty years ago, uh-huh. and I I remember the people whose ID photo I took and whose and whose money I took, and I didn't put it in the register. Like I was so busy talking to them because like they were from they were they were from the same state is me so we're having these like conversations about colorado and like put in the, and i you, put it in my amazing pocket that you still remember this i put it in my oh, pocket instead of putting money. it in the till Ooh. and when the till came up short at the end of the day i checked my pocket and so and so like it didn't even uh-huh so i didn't go it. home with it i uh-huh. caught it but but it almost looked like you only caught it because they caught it uh-huh. yeah and the um the the people I worked with were particularly tattly. So all the all the years that I've worked with cash, like I like that's I've never done that, but that day I did. Oh, I actually have a funny breakup story. I broke up with a guy for a really stupid reason. One oh, time. okay. So you, as a homeschool kid, I am highly affected by people's opinions of me. <laughs> So I was dating this guy in college who I really didn't like that much anyways. Um, But like, I just wanted to be dating somebody because like everybody else was dating somebody and it was convenient. He lived in my building, whatever, whatever. Um, So we talked and dated for maybe like three months. But then like one day, one of my roommate and best friend at the time came in cracking up and i was like what are you laughing at she was like yo your boo is out here in that foo boo and i was like what are you talking about <laughs> and she was like he had on the for us by us foo boo from uh-huh. the 90s label which uh-huh. by 2009 was oh, very wait, out right. of style it would be the same uh-huh. as wearing like fat farm or baby fat or, or something like that right, so for right. my friend to come in cracking up saying that my man had on that for us by us and then my mm-hmm. other friends started laughing and i was like <laughs> oh i broke up with that man <laughs> <laughs> he was not he was oh. not for us by me okay i let that what? man go that night over fubu that was my what fubu was debacle. the what was the official reason what what did he what does he know i think i said it just wasn't working out Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's so weird. He reached out to me maybe about a month ago saying like I've I've been like seeing what you do and I'm proud of you. And I was like, oh I don't Oh my gosh. Care. That's so funny. Oh wow. Like, Wouldn't it be hilarious if he was like, Hey, I'm looking for closure. I just want to know what happened. And you were just like, <laughs> it was the foo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> the foo-boo took me over the edge. Okay. That's hilarious. That would have been a funny follow-up. But I just immediately was like, It's been fifteen years. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Blah, go Amazing. away. That's so, hilarious. Yeah. All right, that's great. <laughs> that definitely won't be on my what I'm into. <laughs> <laughs> Boo <Boo-boo>. boo. <laughs> the spirit of incarceration dwells here. And then we're moving by the pack, so we moving them. And even if you don't, then you do, cause you cool with them. They be like, I only went to school with them. Welcome to Color Correction, a Jesus-y podcast about race and faith from the perspective of an Asian guy, a black girl, and a white guy, too. My name is Andrew. I'm Asian. I use he, him pronouns. And my name is Bethany. I'm black, and I use she, her pronouns. And I'm Chris. I'm white, and I use he, him pronouns. 
So uh, last episode uh, was Bethany, was Black Girl episode Redux, um, which did not have Chris or or me. It was just Bethany and Courtney. And Brooke. And Brooke. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Um, that was really fun. It was really fun. It was fun to listen to. Yeah, what did you guys think of the episode? Because I knew what to expect because I had the conversation. But yeah, what did you guys think? Um, I, yeah, I can, I could definitely hear more on the like, just like the, I don't know, there's, I'm all tongue tied now, but I, I really love the, the faith perspectives that, that like each of you brings. And it like, one of the things I really enjoy about this show, um, and, and like hearing from people like, like your friends is like it widens for me like what the church actually is mm-hmm. and who's in it mm-hmm. you know um because like so much of my life is like really under like the white evangelical umbrella so it's really i, I we, we need more we need more voices um because i think i think at different points in my life i would have discounted their perspectives probably is like like probably not even christian really that's yeah. funny interesting you yeah know? really um, why brooke is a presbyterian minister I, I think it's like like because we've got queerness on the table mm. that's a big thing and a little bit of ancestry work. and a little bit of ancestry i clutched my pearls in that moment you, you know? know no for real like i that was my favorite moment yeah, no, it's still and and like that. and those things are still uncomfortable for me, which is you like take that battery out I'm of that. Like thinking about the it five is a of ticking loud. in the back. So. Yeah, yeah, which is why it's important to like keep having these conversations. Mm-hmm. Like on the one hand, um, yeah, that like going into like ancestry and talking about ancestors like freaks me out a little bit, and at the same time, like I do think that like we are missing. Like, we are spiritually in such distress because of, like, the way my European ancestors entered this continent and, and like, discounted the faith practices of the indigenous people they encountered mm-hmm. and, and the African people that they enslaved. Like, mm-hmm. they weren't paying attention to, the, to like, the rootedness in... Um, real faith that these people possess that we could have latched onto and widen our own perspectives mm-hmm. in worship. Yeah. I mean, that's true. And Tess has an idea for a Halloween episode where we talk about kind of witchy stuff. I know. And that I'm super freaked out. By uh, that. <laughs> and that could be fun. But I, I think it's also worth noting that like European people also have folk religious practices. Oh yeah, Absolutely. Some of which have become just normal Christian practices right. that mm-hmm. are normal because they're white, and others, like what are some of the ones you think of with that, like raising your hand or something? Like there are certain Pentecostal or Charismatic practices that are basically folk religious practices. Some of the are some of them are like weird ones, like you know exorcism mm-hmm. or, or raising your hands or, or speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. But even stuff like you know folding your hands and closing your eyes. Or kneeling next to your bed before you sleep and mm. praying, mm-hmm. or praying before you eat. Like these are ritualistic folk practices. Huh. The only reason they're not weird to us is because they've been whitewashed. They've been and whitewashed. Normalized. Yeah, but that's a that's a subject for another conversation. But related to that, that was also my favorite part of the conversation when I, it might have been Brooke when she was like, "What if the God of my ancestors is Jesus?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that was really because mm-hmm. that that speaks to me. Mm-hmm. Like this idea that like. It, Jesus can be part of our ancestral religious practices, and for for a lot of us, yeah, that's something we have to reckon with. Mm-hmm. Like the God of my ancestors is Jesus, mm-hmm. and that's for better or worse. That's, that's, that's something what I, it is. That's, it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. And if I reject Jesus, I am in a sense rejecting the choices my ancestors made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not all like witchcraft and witch, It's not just like colonialism versus. Uh, indigenous practice there's yeah, like a exactly. lot of nuance there yeah. yeah yeah so 
I was into that. It was fun. It was a fun episode. Yeah. And it was really nice to connect with other black women and mm-hmm. talk about spirituality in a way that I didn't feel like I have to perform one side or the other. Yeah. So like with my family, I still have to be kind of charismatic and speak that language with white people. Like I have to be a little careful and like, mm-hmm. because it's easy to get like tokenized. Like, oh, do you guys lay on of hands? And I heard somebody say hot the most. See that one time. What are they saying? <laughs> right? <laughs> like nobody wants to deal with that. But to talk to two black women who have walked such similar paths to me. And mm-hmm. also they both went to Eastern. My sister went to Eastern. Mm-hmm. She ended up leaving. Um, but just, yeah having these conversations about the lived experience of being a Jesus follower in this context was really, um, yeah, it was really healing. Mm. The only correction I have is that I kept going back and forth with what my grandmother's name was, my great grandmother's name was. And I just yelled upstairs to my mom. Her name was Anna Reynolds and people called her Annie. So my back and forth was actually correct. Yeah. I thought I had heard both, but I wanted to make sure. Um, oh, you know what I think is cool? The clerical collar. I think... Oh, in the video. Yeah, right? Yeah. The the priest collar? Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that Brooke wears. Yeah. yeah. I, I was it's catching great. that in the, like, in the socials. I didn't... You know, I listened to it. Mm-hmm. Not... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Right. I get that some people are like, oh, ministers should just look like the rest of us. But I I don't know. There's something about like the uniform of a minister, which includes like the clerical collar and seeing like a black woman wear it that I think is cool. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And also like the commitment to your faith. Like when you're out in a clerical collar, anybody can stop you and ask for prayer. Like that happens to nuns. That happens to like priests and ministers. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm laughing because it happened to me one time and I was just like, lady what the hell but i do be praying um <laughs> but like i really appreciate that like choice to be of service to people was, was this time. when you were in your nun habit i don't understand yeah, how what they were, were you like, wearing what was I, like it was just a random woman uh-huh. on the street she said you look like you pray will you pray for me sweetie oh. Wow. I said, God damn it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so I had on nothing. That's why I was That's like, uh, I'm listing these things that call people out, but mm-hmm. like, it's happened to me as well. That's yeah. Amazing. And I had on nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what we wanted to talk about today, which we kind of prefaced in our little bit in the beginning, um, is the idea of endings and i guess this is kind of it's foremost on our mind mm-hmm. in a lot of ways because the church is literally ending mm-hmm. yeah on october 31st we, yeah. yeah we have a date where a lot of these formal things are going to be concluded the denomination is going to be taking the buildings and the name even right it's ambiguous. I don't okay. think they want the name. Okay, interesting. Part of their thing is like, you can have the name if you want, and we're like, we don't really want the name. That's hilarious. Yeah. That even they don't want the name. Yeah. The, hmm. Like, what's happening is, yeah, and the people that are choosing to move forward are moving forward by creating something completely new, mm-hmm. is what we're doing. So it really is a, an ending. Mm-hmm. Um how does it feel for you? Because yeah. you've really held things down at our congregation since our pastor left, since Johnny left. So you've been fighting hard to keep something going, and now it's really ending. Yeah. I mean, I think, so, like, me and also Amy has have been, Amy especially has been really involved in holding the Frankfurt Ave community together. And there are a bunch of other people that were interested in trying to see if something, oh yeah, that'd be great. Interested in seeing if, if something uh, new specifically at Frankfurt Ave could come out of it. I don't know. It's been tough. I think part of it is because personally, I'm so bad at endings. I hold on to things mm-hmm. so tightly for so long. I'm the exact opposite. Really? You're like willing to... Willing to I like almost pull the plug. You break up with someone as soon as they were a food. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like I illustrated that from the beginning. It doesn't take much for me. That jacket, that's not, uh, nope. (laughs) Yeah. But like I always get nervous about overdoing or um, 
doing things beyond like their expiration date, mm-hmm. like pushing something too hard mm-hmm. that I try to pull the plug quick. Like, remember mm-hmm. I was like, what are we going to do with the podcast? Like I was ready to let it go. Yeah. Yeah. And I am the opposite in a lot of ways. Yeah. My whole thing is like, I think it's because the way I was raised, maybe I've talked about this, mm-hmm. but it's like my mom made me do things in like practice the violin until I was like sick of it. Yeah. And then she was like, if you, if you just, Get past the the hate, then you can be really good at it. You <laughs> just gotta really suffer more, and that's the difference between us and other people that don't that don't like that aren't as tough as us. Like so they don't funny. know how to suffer. Mm-hmm. So I was taught to just like if it hurts, just keep doing it, and eventually it'll stop hurting, and you'll be good at it. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm aware of that in myself, and I'm trying. And part of my whole process over these past few months has been like. Am I holding on because I think there's something good here or am I holding on because that's just my impulse? Mm-hmm. That's just what I'm good at doing. Yeah. Because in that sense, I'm actually pretty bad at endings. Like I'm quite bad at, I'm bad at letting things go. Mm-hmm. And that means a lot of times things drag on for way longer than they should. Mm-hmm. And I and it causes me pain for way longer than it, than it should because mm-hmm. I'm, cause I don't want to give up. Yeah. You know this thing that I'm doing or this relationship or this thing that I'm part of or this project that I'm committed to. Which in some ways that has benefited you in life. Like the fact that you are really good at the violin and relationships that you've had, like pushing through the bad parts. Probably helped you get through law school. (laughs) Yeah. Like that trait has, it's interesting. The older I get, the more I realize that like life is just gray right like Mm -hmm. you think it's black or white but really most of life is gray yeah so there's like a shadow side and a light side to Mm -hmm. everything so that has that trait has served you in so many ways and also has caused you pain at the same time yeah that's definitely true and i think the thing that i'm realizing is for so much of my life i have only been i've only been looked at the light side because that's what I was taught, that it, this is like the way to live. And mm-hmm. I didn't look at the shadow side. So I didn't look at the ways that living this way was We're hurting me. You. Yeah. yeah. So I, um, right now the church is ending and we're making a conscious choice to let this iteration of the church go. And I think that's healthy for mm-hmm. me. Um, a couple of people approached me and Amy toward the end and were like, hey, do you specifically want to be the leaders of a, this new thing? And I was like, no, Mm-mm. I don't want to do that. Part of it is because I don't want to become my parents. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, my mom and my dad, who are just like two two people running a house church way past when they should have just given up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they think, because they have this mentality that you just have to keep trying, and eventually you'll have a mega church. Was that a was that a hard no for you to say, or did it come out as smoothly as it did just now? I think it wasn't hard because I've been working on this in therapy. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was aware of that. I think in the past, in in the past, if someone had come up to me and was like, "Hey, I'm depending on you. I'll follow you if you lead me," I would be like, "Oh shit, I got to do it." Like, this is God or something. I yeah, just got to yeah. push through it. Yeah. I just got to suffer. It, like, it, it hurts, but I have to do it because people depend on me. Right. That would have been my reaction. But mm-hmm. that was not my reaction this time around. And I feel good about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you should feel good about it. Yeah. Because this thing needs to go. Mm-hmm. And I think if anybody had stepped up and said, yeah, I'll lead it, we would have still kept pushing this dead body. I agree. Or pulling this dead body. Yeah. Hmm. And it's tough because at Frankfurt Ave, especially a lot of the past few months has been like, well, will will somebody step up or will energy come from somewhere? Because I think for a lot of the people that were remaining, it was like, this is exhausting. And mm-hmm. it's kind of exhausting to have everything depend on. I don't know. One of, one of the people who um, has been in our community for a while and was showing up consistently was like, one of the reasons I keep showing up is because I know if I don't show up, then that's like 25% of the congregation. (laughs) So it makes me like show up and that, and I don't know if I love that feeling. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I totally get what you, how you're, what what you're saying. Um, and I think that was 
kind of wearing on a lot of people that were still it's a lot of pressure it is. sure we yeah. didn't sign up to be pastors and right. that's what we and lead a church and that's what we got forced into mm -hmm. so of course a bunch of people fell off and only a handful of people remained and mm -hmm. then felt exhausted right because i fell off i couldn't even really come to the building yeah i just felt so irritated every time i was in there or mm -hmm. every time we would have a meeting i would start bitching about the past like Mm -hmm. That sucks, feeling like that. Yeah. yeah. Andrew and I had, had lunch earlier this summer, and that, that like, that's how I felt. Like, I, I was just, like, it was really nice talking to you, actually. Like, you, you really, you added some balance to what I was feeling, but mostly I was feeling what, what you're talking mm -hmm. about. Just, like, I was, I'm, I'm just so angry and, yeah. yeah, disillusioned and sad and... Yeah, it's just like all this like moroseness and and like I think I have your therapy to thank as well. Like because it wasn't like what you weren't offering was like naive or like overly hopeful, but it was just like but but you were able just to like gr hold my grief. Mm. And I I I feel like if nothing else, like I've, I, there's been a couple conversations like that over, over like just what's been going on in our church that like, if I didn't have these friendships, I don't, I would keep going because mm -hmm. I come from that same sort of uber faithfulness, but yeah. I just would be miserable, miserable. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like, I like what you're saying about um, I think part of avoiding endings for me has been that I'm afraid of that grief. Mm, totally. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm afraid of saying goodbye to something forever. Like, that's very scary to me. Mm -hmm. And it always has been. And I, the, for churches especially, I remember how... I remember the first time that somebody left the church. I don't know, it's like somebody that I cared about. This was all the way back in the early 2010s when I was still at North Broad and somebody that was like really involved still. And then he was gone and I was like, I didn't know that was something you could do. Yeah. Like, mm. Yes. I, I, I didn't realize that like, yeah, I thought we were all in this forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when I, I go through that all the time. Yeah. And, and I feel the same way about like a lot, some of my friends that have gotten divorced, like especially back then, like the first few divorces that hit me, yeah. I was like, oh shit. Like, yeah. oh, oh, that that those that it almost felt like somebody that i knew dying mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. this like this this iteration of a relationship that i always thought of as a unit was like over mm -hmm. and I, I i never even back then i was like i've never even realized that was a thing that could happen yeah yeah um and it really felt i don't know i felt a lot of grief around that um i don't know nowadays when people tell me they're getting divorced i'm like oh saw it coming <laughs> now you have enough wisdom to see yeah. it yeah now now yeah now yeah. it's like oh it's like never I, a surprise yeah because now like yeah i think in the past it was just like that's just not a possibility things mm -hmm. things just last forever yeah because they're supposed yeah. to but now it's like oh think people go through iterations and relationships change and morph mm -hmm. and people come in and leave and come in again mm -hmm. Um, and there's just a lot more gray. Life is way more gray. Um, I leave stuff quick and it actually is a trait of mine that I, I am, I have the suspicions make some of my friends uncomfortable. I know it has made some of my exes uncomfortable and then it happened to them. So fuck them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can leave things pretty quickly and not feel much about it. Mm. Mainly I feel anger. Yeah. Um, but I leave stuff quick, like the bell fun. Mm -hmm. You know, like, okay, you had about two times to talk to me fly. I'm out. And like one of my colleagues from the bell fun was like, that really impacted me. Like I thought we were going to, um, you know, stick it out to the end. And I said to him, I said, no, one thing about Bethany Stewart, you treat me bad twice. You'll never see me again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's like a rule I have. You can't. You know, if I make it clear how you're going to interact with me and you make it clear that you're not going to abide by like what I have designated as respect, you can kiss my juicy black ass. I'm done. Mm. Like I'm out. Huh. I don't tolerate it at all. 
Yeah. Which like makes your and you have no angst about that. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I admire. I mean, it's, I'm a little. I'm jealous of that. I, it honestly. makes me nervous. I'm yeah. like, well, I've never been married. I wonder if that's part of the reason. Like, should I stick things out more mm-hmm. like you do? Mm-hmm. Um. You see, when I hear you say that, all I think about it is, is all the pain I could have avoided. <laughs> yeah, for real, yeah. But that doesn't mean that I've avoided pain. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'll be out. Mm-hmm. So when I was younger, I would do a lot of back and forth with guys that I was dating. So it might be like three months on, six months off. One year on, three months off. Because I would, mm-hmm. I'd be out, but then I would come back. So that didn't mm-hmm. actually set a precedent. But now, no. Like, you just can't treat me any type of way. Yeah. I got stuff to do. Yeah. I don't, like, my house to clean. I need to mop or something. <laughs> like, why the fuck am I going to fuck around and be treated like shit? Yeah. Especially as a black woman in America. Like, I don't need extra places to be treated like shit. <laughs> and I'm going to opt into a church that treats me like shit. Or I'm going to opt into a community organization that yeah, treats yeah. me like shit. I'm going to uh-uh. The option is I'm opting out. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the other thing I'm recognizing in adulthood is also that endings are are also not necessarily endings. Mm-hmm. Like the the like the church is ending. This, this version of the church is ending. Yeah. Um, but life is long, and weird stuff happens, and like something else is coming out of it. You know. Yeah. Similar to like relationships that I've had in the past, where I felt like or friendships that I thought I had lost completely, um, sometimes because of something that I did, and then they have, like, come back, and there is, like, reparative work to be done. Mm. But, and it takes a while to do that work, but, it like, you can do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's something that I've had to reckon with. Like, I don't know, I'm thinking about a friend of mine who I've known since, like, third grade. And at a certain point after college, we didn't talk for years just because of, like, a bunch of hurt that had been built up because we were, like, rooming together. Oh, yeah. And, and like, that, Mm -hmm. like... That's challenging. Yeah, Yeah. and I didn't talk to him for years after that. And at a certain point, like, we just, like, we reconnected and we started rebuilding that relationship. And now we're friends again. And that hurt is still part of our history, but Mm. it's also, like, part of... We're also, like working on something you know yeah there's another friend of mine who uh he literally has not talked to me since march because of something that i think he's ashamed of he just kind of is avoiding you yeah Hmm. i don't know what it is about you andrew but i was low-key avoiding you this summer and it wasn't until i saw you (laughs) that i was like Uh i think i've been avoiding andrew i think when we met something about like it (laughs) It's something that you're never going to do, but it feels like you're the authority that's going to uh, be like, I, <laughs> I don't know if I like that. Yeah, no. I don't think it's you, though, because people do it to me as uh-huh. well. I think it's people's stuff. Mm. So I don't fuck with that many people. Yeah. And I think most people are dumb as I hell, can, I except can, for you. Okay. I can totally identify with that. I think yeah. it's just like you, like, while we're like delving into the nuances of each of our psyches, actually, like, you two for me are two people who live pretty solidly into your convictions and as a result like you feel some type of way about our opinions yeah yeah yeah, yeah i it's feel that way like it has this it has this like um kind of slingshot effect of also being like well it's convicting mm-hmm. <laughs> it's convicting to live around people who actually care enough to like uphold some kind of value (laughs) yeah and and be consistent yeah it's it's definitely a like your stuff and your conviction thing but it's just funny that you say that because i was like i had to like check myself and be like oh i think i've made andrew like the authority that's like checking my attendance at church Mm -hmm. i could see myself avoiding either of you you're not (laughs) i'm not don't do that yeah totally not and also you're totally understanding every time i was like yeah i can't make it because i just things suck you're like yeah i get it so it's totally (laughs) my stuff so anyways your friend yeah Yeah, but that's what i'm that's kind of how i'm feeling it's like i he's he hasn't talked to me for months and i miss him and i like will occasionally tell him that and he still has not reached out to Mm. me but also like 
life is long and weird stuff happens. And that just because, and I think in the past I might've like grieved the end of this friendship. Um, but now I can, I'm still sad about it, but I can mm-hmm. hold that grief more loosely. Yeah. And there's still an open door. Right. Yeah. I had weird friendship stuff like that too with a friend. I don't mind this being in the podcast because fuck her. But like, <laughs> okay. as soon as I bought this house, my mom talks about her being at my housewarming party and looking weird. And I'm like, what does that mean? You know, black women, we just be picking. After 50, it's just like God be whispering in your ear, clear cut. And shit. <laughs> I just saw this clip of Whoopi Goldberg saying to uh, her coworker, she's in the middle of th- something totally different, like po- talking about policy. And she goes, are you pregnant? And the like meme under it is, if a black woman tells you you're pregnant, run to the clinic immediately. And right. I'm like, that uh-huh. is true. Like anytime you hear, I'm dreaming of fishes or whatever. Um, but my mom always talks about like this look that she had on her face. I don't know what it meant, but like within three months, now we've been friends since we were 14 years old. Mm. Within three months of me buying this house, she suddenly stopped speaking to me. Yeah. And I was like, that's weird. Yeah. What's going on? But the pandemic had started. So I thought maybe it was like just not feeling good because she had lost her job and stuff. Mm. But it just continued. And at one point in time, we were talking about therapy. And I had been in therapy for like three or four years at this point. And um, one time she said to me something to the effect of like, I could never buy a house. I don't want to be tied down. It was like. Bitch, I asked you if you wanted some pizza. And then, <laughs> like, it really had nothing to do with yeah, anything. Yeah. And then this other time, we were talking about therapy. And she said, I just want to feel happy all the time. And me being me, I was just like, well, you know, that's not really human. You know, mm-hmm. we have um, a rainbow or, or a, a spectrum of emotions. And it's real therapy should help you learn how to manage that spectrum and she said i don't fucking need you to to tell me how to live my life oh okay yeah wow that and i called her i was like this is like we're texting but this is crazy because i don't feel like what i said matches that to say like yeah don't tell me how to live my life that's not a statement of living your life yeah yeah so i i think i've had the experience of friends deciding that like i'm the judge on something mm-hmm. yeah, and a friendship ending. I actually fought for that friendship. And then when she like fell off and did it again, we never had an argument or anything. We just have never spoken again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that was so weird. Like mm-hmm. you just decided that like, because I bought a house now, the energy the connection in this friendship that has existed for almost 20 years mm-hmm. totally changed. Right. And it really was just, I I feel like it was on her. I'm, I've been a know-it-all since we were 14. <laughs> Ain't nothing changed on my end. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm the same person. Mm-hmm. I think it's great that you're so quick to recognize that because that's what it sounds like to me, like she's dealing with her own shit and mm-hmm. she's projecting that on you. Mm-hmm. My impulse when it comes to an ending is always to be like, I'm responsible for the ending. Mm-hmm. Like, what can I do to save this thing mm-hmm. to stop it from ending? Yeah. And I would have blamed myself or why I would have like, a- like agonized over, over the circumstances of the ending and being able to be like, I'm not in control. Sometimes things end. Sometimes things and end. And like, I, it's not my responsibility or my fault. Yeah. Sometimes that's, things end. Yeah. That's like a thing that I've had to teach myself. I fought the first time in 2020 And then my mother got diagnosed with breast cancer and she ain't say one thing to me about it. We had our first conversation, but six weeks went by and she didn't ask one time, how are you or your mother doing? And when she, I remember the last text message, are you coming home for Christmas? I said, yes. And she must've felt the vibes and we never text again. Cause I don't usually just say yes. Y'all know me. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's the like opener to make some plans. Right. Yeah. So I say, yeah, I'm gonna be home or yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. which doesn't, which like, again. Mm-hmm. it's still, and I wasn't fighting. Yeah. My mom has cancer. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not fighting to be your fucking friend. Yeah. 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 Our lives change. Our lives change. Yeah. You know what? Hope you get a job and find an apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And work out whatever, whatever this is that's and got I heard you, she's that's an got accountant you bound. Yeah. And lives in North Carolina now. Yeah. 
and told her mama she don't know why I don't talk to her. Really, bitch? Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But it worked out. She's happy and I'm happy. Mm-hmm. The birds are chirping. Birds are chirping. <laughs> Something's chirping. Is that's, that a bird? That's a cardinal. Oh, wow. Because I'm 40 and I'm into birds. Amazing. There's a lot of cardinals out there. They're red, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's cool. Like, yeah. I'm like, something about, something about these conversations we've had about like friendships that um, stagnate because someone gets stuck mm-hmm. in in some kind of like shame, resentment, jealousy. Happen at circle too. Who knows? Right. Like, mm-hmm. um, which are all like, which are all things that can happen and are, are deeply rooted in like our own identities. Um, when we, all of a sudden there's a schism between like what, who we think we are and who we actually are mm-hmm. <laughs> come into, come into, um, come into the light together. Right. Um, I thought circle of hope would be the name of the church that I would die in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought. Many of the people who would had left would be at my funeral, or I would be at theirs. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. in this church setting, doesn't doesn't mean that still couldn't happen. But like the the but prominently, Circle of Hope is a feature mm-hmm. of of that dream. And I have had a hard time letting that go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's the hard thing about endings especially unexpected endings. It's not what you imagine. Yeah, no. So now you have to adjust your imagination yeah. to reality. And that fucking sucks. It does. Yeah. yeah. It does. Even when I think of like endings with friendships and what I was saying about how there's only... There's only a certain type of way that you're going to treat me. You can't treat me any type of way. Mm-hmm. That's because I respect myself as a person yeah. and my character and like my values and being a good ancestor now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I take being a good ancestor now, the way I interact with my friends, the way, like when I bought this house, part of buying this house <laughs> was like, I prayed to God, you know, let this house be a place where people can have respite. Let this be a place where I can like entertain people and love them in my house. I've been able to, you know, take my mom to her doctor's appointments and care for her in this home. I've been Mm -hmm. able, one of my sorors lived with me for two weeks. Even that friend, things switched up when I had to go get her from her boyfriend's house. I'm being really messy and nasty today. (laughs) I'm just going to name that. But I had to get you from your dude's house because you couldn't live there anymore. You had to stay with me. Mm. And then when that happened, that was too vulnerable. So now I've changed. I'm the one. I'm the problem. I can't tell you how to live. You ain't have that problem with me until shit got too vulnerable and you had to call me up. Um, But like, yeah, like I'm very intentional. And if you're going to disrespect the intentional ass person that I've created, you can't be a part of this. Yeah. Because I'm working real hard to be a good ancestor now, and you're not going to make me feel, you're not going to skew that trajectory with nonsense. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. I, I I never think about it in quite those terms. And that's 100% Beth. You got to take me seriously <laughs> as your fucking friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, for you, part of a good ending means... Uh, your your own dignity and self-respect is important yeah. to that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm ending things. Mm-hmm. If if my dignity and and, res, and self-respect are being compromised in order to be I even remember I was dating a guy, well, we weren't dating, but we did something for almost 10 years. <laughs> like <laughs> I remember at one point praying to God and saying, "This feels bad every time he texts me. I need a way out." Mm-hmm. He sent me a text message that night that was my opening. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is it. Got to cut it off. Yeah. Like, no. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to feel bad about myself to remain in a church. Yeah. I'm not going to feel bad about myself yeah. to yeah. be somebody's girlfriend or wife or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to feel bad about myself in order to maintain relationship with anyone mm-hmm. or anything. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's the way God yeah, wants to Yeah, and I don't live. think you should have to. And, that's what I'll, and to talk about the church, like, that's one of the reasons that I think... 
I'm glad that it's end that well for, at least for Frank Verdow that we're ending the way that we are. That I mean, Amy especially is like like organizing the logistics and like you're you and a bunch of other people are helping to organize like the a celebration a celebration closing. that is going to be the end. Yep. Like a way to end with dignity and self respect. Yep. That's wonderful. You know. I haven't know. done anything for the church in a while. And as soon as that opportunity came up, closing well, sign me up. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. I especially it's important to me as a black woman. There have been so many things as a black as a black person as a woman and then as a black woman there are so many parts of society that just take from you that assume from you you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. what i went out for drinks with a friend from college a couple of weeks ago and these white kids that looked exactly the same kept walking by it looked like a glitch (laughs) and a matrix Mm -hmm. but they must have all gone like shot the same thing at like Shein or pretty little things so finally i went outside and i put my white girl voice on i said hey where are you guys headed? Where are all, I keep seeing <laughs> girls that look like you walking by. You guys look fabulous. Where are you going, right? So they stop and talk <laughs> to us. But it was so funny. At the end, one of them needed to touch us. Uh, okay. The fuck do you need to touch me for, right? Wait, like, wait, what, what? What happened? As she walked away, she like caressed our arm and uh-huh. grabbed both of our hands. And it was this interesting moment where I was like, wow, white women really have difficult boundaries with black bodies Mm. i would my black ass hand would never touch your white body i know better than Mm. that but you assume this kind of either one because they at first they said i look 23 so either you (laughs) so either you assume (laughs) (laughs) that you can have this connection with me just because i'm a black body or there's this like maternal expectation that I feel happening right. as mm. I get older mm-hmm. that like you'll take care of me. Yeah. So as yeah, as a black woman, no, I be putting my foot down. Right. And I decide how you're gonna treat me. Mm-hmm. And if you can't get with the fucking program, you know, we couldn't end slavery on one time. We can't end mass incarceration. Uh-huh. You will number your number will get blocked, bitch. Right? <laughs> like that's right. that's the ending. I need to decide. Bethany ends. will enjoy her brunch. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but being in control of endings is important. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Having that agency is important to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I don't know, one of the tough things about watching my parents age, or one of the tough things about watching my parents age is because I feel like they don't have a good sense of their capacity mm-hmm. in their, especially in their 60s. Yep. They don't recognize that they're not like 30, 30, 30. Yeah, They're not like 30 year old entrepreneurs who can like get people to join in on their crazy idea. And they keep trying to like, do... As a 40-year-old, that one hurts a little bit. But yes, it's true. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's like... Yeah, they, it's real. They um, they don't recognize that... it. Sometimes it feels like they don't recognize that they're older and they don't recognize like, the roles they could be playing as older people. And they're still committed to like do, being the same people they were in their middle age. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I've, I've got my, my parents can speak for themselves. I got my own problems with them. But like, <laughs> w- one of the things that I think about is like, I, when I am an older person, I want to be able to fucking relax. I, yeah. I want to be able to relax. I want to be able to end things on my terms. To, like, I want to be able to, um, feel good about closing out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to not have the, the urgency and insecurity of wanting to be in control until until other people force me to step down, yeah. which I think is so often what happens. My, and I um, don't know what it'll be like in 30 years. Mm-hmm. That's what I keep on trying to remind myself because I'm young now. I don't know what it's like to start having friends die. Mm-hmm. And like that feeling of, I don't know what the feeling of being at the end is. Yeah. yeah. But I don't want to feel like, I don't want to look back and feel like, oh, I need to make up for lost time. Mm-hmm. In my thick 60s, I want to be chilling. Yeah. I want to feel good about who mm-hmm. I was. Mm-hmm. I want to feel good about the legacy that I left. Yeah. I don't want to be like Mitch McConnell. Uh-huh. Let oh, it fucking go, God. Mitchie. Right. Like, right. your, I actually feel your own bad plug. for yeah, him. He's... I feel really bad that we live in like... This is a glitchy Mitchy. I feel tension with this, right? Because Mitch McConnell is a motherfucker, mm-hmm. right? That contributes to this machine that oppresses people. Mm-hmm. But 
and he is committed to it to the nth degree which is that's the insane part and just blinked at us yeah Mm -hmm. is this the third time yeah Mm -hmm. there's been three times right I know of two times. Two, two, two times. Just two. Okay. Another, I wouldn't be surprised. If it was one more. Time. One more than needs to be, in any case. I also feel bad that we live like white supremacy kills us all, and Mitch McConnell is an example of that. Yeah. I feel so sorry for you, old ass Mitchie, that you live in a society that only told tells you you matter if you have power and mm-hmm. you're at the forefront and you yeah. have a bunch mm-hmm. of wealth yeah. because you old motherfucker, you deserve right. to be resting. Right. This is at, like it's not funny. Like the videos of him freezing no, like that, it's it's not funny to me. The only and that's I, sad. The, I think the only reason people are joking about it is because what else do you do with this? This is right, morose. Because it's outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But none of us actually thinks it's funny. <laughs> I think people do actually. Yeah. I do think a lot of people think it's funny. Yeah. Especially Fair. because we're in such a politically polarized society oh that keeps yeah. us from seeing each other's human dignity. Yeah. No, but it's... yeah, like, damn, I, w- I don't want to be Mitch. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be pushing it that long. Right. Unable to make room for whatever is next. Yeah. Like, unable to, like, um, support that. Unable in... to court the newness, right? Yeah. Like, there could be intergenerational work is so important to progress yeah i love having relationships with the elders that i do particularly black women elders Mm -hmm. um and there's so much building and power that can happen in those intergenerational ways like young people i'm like damn i'm at the point where young people think and say things to me that i at this point i'm so socialized i can't think like that anymore i can't form these new ideas i'm too socialized anymore I'll hear a young person say something and I'm like, that. well, that's fucking brilliant. I didn't think of it that way. Mm-hmm. We, we There's there's power in yeah. those partnerships. Yeah. yeah. But when people feel like that younger person or that new threat is a threat, yeah. they're willing to die over it. Yeah. Poor Mitch, he gonna drop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mitch gonna drop. He is. I don't know why I'm focused on Mitch, but Mitch gonna drop. Well, <laughs> like, well, <laughs> I, yeah. He can't, that's not, like, this does not work. No. Sit back and enjoy all the things you've destroyed, Mitch. (laughs) (laughs) That is his legacy. His legacy. Unfortunately. Please just go somewhere. Go sit down. Enjoy your legacy of destruction. (laughs) God damn, Mitch. Why do I have to feel bad for you? Right. Why are we even seeing you at this point? Get out of my feed. But endings. Yeah. Being a good ancestor. It's funny. People who are conscious of being good ancestors now, I think, are good at ending things. People that just want to, like, blow everything up before they leave have no concept of the idea of being good ancestors now. Like, it's like, fuck being a good ancestor now. I got to get as much as I can before I'm out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not really... When I think of being a good ancestor now, and even when I think of my life, like the interactions that I have with people, right? Like, I want that to be a seed that continues to grow. If you're not trying, like, you're not going to reap the seeds that you've sown, right? You're not going to get that fruit. It's no. not the fruit. Is it's not, not necessarily for you. for you, right? It's not for you. Yeah. That's just what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But folks that are not concerned about that they just want to get as much harvest Mm -hmm. as possible and then they're going to replant and harvest again and they leave nothing i don't know why that analogy is like so on point for me right now but like they will destroy the earth yeah like there's nothing left that's what happened with circle Mm -hmm. right a church doesn't have to fall apart just because the founders left right but if you don't believe in the idea of like leaving a harvest or just leaving seeds, mm-hmm. the earth is no good anymore. Yeah, right. We can't get any, we can't get anything from this anymore. We have to shut it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't even know what I can add to that. It's like, I mean, it's, I, I, I think what I keep coming back to is how rare it is that I've seen of somebody ending something well, like of a leader. Yeah. Do we have not examples? Putting their we- ego first or a person 
like not it's like you know it's stepping down or ending gr- things gracefully yeah it's technically when presidents leave it's supposed to be like a distinct a peaceful process. transition of power yes like that is one <laughs> process of ending things well uh-huh. that i can think of but I mean, it's yeah. all like pageantry it is pageantry but like i, I don't know there's, there's power in the pageantry there's, too, power, there's in power in, that, power in it there's a reason we like the national myth of george washington who like one who stepped down when he could have like been king, king. of america forever yeah. is uh, like yeah that's like, important yeah. First of all, like George Washington. I actually didn't know that that was a thing that do like do do white people feel happy about that? About the fact that he did that? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. There's a I'm song not... in Hamilton about it, and white people love that shit. Okay. Okay. Because white yeah. people we don't talk about that shit at all. I didn't. <laughs> I never thought. I was just like, yeah, of course yeah. he's president. I never considered that he could have been king. Yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah. Like especially especially as like the general of the army that beat the british yeah like he mm-hmm. was he was king right and there it were no term limits until fdr he could have even if he wasn't king he could have just kept kept getting elected yeah. president forever but he only served two terms like and he set that precedent he set that precedent and like okay george washington let's be a fair, lot of things he killed a lot of he, he yeah. killed right. he, he murdered tons of indigenous people yeah. and he was a slaveholder yeah. all right we're not we don't no. we right. don't compliment it poor mitchie and george <laughs> yeah. washington this we is can't becoming have a, a different third. podcast yeah we can't have a third right yeah. right right, right. Mm-hmm. but the myth of that mm-hmm. the myth of that story of him stepping down gracefully is powerful because it resonates with yeah. people mm-hmm. yeah and it sets a precedent for the culture, right. right? That you end things peacefully and you have that peaceful transfer well, of power. Behind the pageantry is also like there is actually a transfer of information between presidencies, right? Like there's a whole. I guess that's there, there true. Are, like there's what we see and there's what we don't. All right, I gotta say this. In any case, uh, I um I teared up yesterday when I was watching Star Trek Picard. <gasps> because of all the shows because spoiler alert uh there's a moment where data sacrifices himself and then and then a resurrection occurs that was incredibly jesusy to me and i think just because sometimes things that remind me of jesus make me tear up but here's the thing i think the reason that i'm connecting with george washington in this specific moment is <laughs> is is because of that is because i'm connecting to jesus because to the idea of resurrection be, uh, to the idea of jesus ending gracefully mm. because thank you i thought i was in church sorry yeah keep going yeah no that's good because that's good this stuff. is the if we, let's forget about george Washington. let's talk about jesus yeah jesus um consistently avoids people keep being like oh you're a king you're messiah you're gonna do all this stuff and he's like don't bother me like yeah. don't tell anybody i did this he keeps trying he keeps avoiding that he's so secretive and then and then he goes to a new town and then he and he goes to a new town and does another thing in secret and then at the climax of his ministry he goes to jerusalem and he has this possibility of all this power yeah and instead what he does is um, ride a donkey into town and then wash the feet of his disciples mm-hmm. and tell his disciples, you're going to do even better things than me. Mm-hmm. You're going to do bigger, more important things than me. Like yeah. you're amazed by what I'm doing. Yeah. You're going to do more. And then he tells his disciples, you know, if you want to be a leader, you have to be a servant. Yes. And this is how you do it. And yes. he washes their feet. Mm-hmm. And then he gets executed by the state. Mm-hmm. On his own terms, mm-hmm. he, he like a lamb he to the slaughter. He gives himself up. He doesn't say a word. He he goes through the whole process. He doesn't say anything in his own defense. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's ending gracefully. Yeah, that's and that's our an ending with agency mm-hmm. too. Yeah, an ending with the legacy that you planned on setting mm-hmm. as yeah. a good like Jesus is our ancestor even now. Mm-hmm. Right, we are the seeds. That he planted. Yeah. 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 But- so if I ever cut you off, friend, or dude I was fucking around with, I was just trying to follow Jesus. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just, just out here planting seeds. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> but ain't no resurrection over here. <laughs> right. Okay, uh, I think that's a good note to yeah, end on. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 
cool. So the last thing we like to do is talk about whatever we're into this week. Uh, Beth, you want to kick us off? Sure. So I am ashamed of what I'm into. It's another guilty pleasure reality show. I think last year I was watching Love and Marriage Huntsville or maybe two years ago. Love and Marriage Huntsville. So specific. (laughs) There's always different locations. Wow. There's a Love and Marriage DC. Love and Marriage Huntsville is the elite. It's like the best one. There's a Love and Marriage DC with a DJ that I was familiar with from college, from Baltimore. Duh. Not quite as good, but I do like their fashion. And now there's a Love and Marriage Detroit in it. It's nothing like the other ones. But anyways, I am super into, uh, what is it? The the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Is that what it's called? Oh, okay. The Real Housewives of Atlanta. I have always watched clips of it. Or I would watch like one episode, like I happened to be watching something else on Bravo and that was on. But I decided to start binge watching it and it is just messy and delicious and hilarious. (laughs) Nene Leakes one-liner. She always reminds me of this girl (laughs) that I went to college with, one of my uh, college teammates, because she would just zing you to the point (laughs) that you couldn't even be mad. Like it was just so funny that you kind of had to just keep on going. So I am super into Real Housewives of Atlanta right now. Get Amazing. out. Um, I, I hope I haven't said this before, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, consistently, each week, I've been looking forward to the new episode of Reservation Dogs. This is their second season. It has been, every episode has been outstanding, imaginative, um, takes you to new places, um, like takes you through like trauma and grief and joy um, from perspectives of people we ought to know better than we do, but we never see. Mm. And that's like indigenous people in Oklahoma mm-hmm. um, that like they've, they've had these moments that like take us through like historical trauma of like Indian boarding schools, like like introduces to native mythologies through like um, the deer woman um, who like kills men who are terrible. Mm. It's great. Um, and the other day I was just thinking like one of, one of the things I think I like about the show is it's only the second place ever that I've like heard the um, specific intonations, diction, um phrasing pacing of indigenous people just talking mm-hmm. that like it's like it's so surprising cuz why wouldn't i hear more of that but that's the world i live in interesting um, you're from colorado too yeah i mean like and 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 yes we we actually were friends with a couple of indigenous people and even then it's kind of special that we were like mm. they just weren't around like that mm-hmm. so i'm over to the over the moon about the show i love it so much awesome yeah uh what am i into i honestly didn't give this a ton of thought <laughs> that's the worst when that happens i know, right? I, know. I feel that and then it's a lot of pressure so you can't it think is of anything pressure have i mentioned have we t- did i say that i was into beef before yeah <laughs> i did i did yeah did i say that so I good no i think you've said or have we just talked stuff? about like the show food. the show oh Not like the food beef all right all right that's why i was laughing i was like beef is so general just the, cow. the idea of beef like, the cow do you know great. how amazing the cow is you guys all right this, <laughs> the food is, this is what i don't know if i've talked about this before this is what i'm into i'm into the concept of asian american rage as encapsulated in the Netflix show Beef, which is an incredible show with, it's uh, so good. with Steve Yeun so and Ali Wong, uh, where with two people who are uh, who have beef with each other and act out in bizarre ways because of the unique pressures that they're into, mm-hmm. uh, that they're under mm-hmm. because of white supremacy. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm thinking about um, Olivia Rodrigo just released a new album, uh, Guts. She's a She's a Gen Z pop star she right is. now. Oh, okay. But the first song in that album, All American Bitch, is like 
all about is like also like i don't know i think there's asian american rage in that song mm-hmm. about like this expectation to live up to a certain thing mm-hmm. and, and the ways that leaks out and exactly and yeah right whack-ass country right yeah so like i'm into uh both of those things under the broader umbrella of Asian American rage. Yes. That's what I really liked about beef is that mm-hmm. I finally got to see Asian people in a way that you typically don't mm-hmm. and that it was relatable. Like, oh, this is what it looks like to be mad at yeah. white people but not black. Yeah. I fucking love that shit. Yeah. It was yeah. A good show. It's a great show. Um one of one of the things I thought about when I watched it. Um, one of the things you said that I thought about when I watched it was just like all the like um, the the church and like like the whole worship scene Mm -hmm. like these and and it's something you've you've brought up before but just like just these moments where like where in the past like these cultural expressions might have like required or like white watchers would have asked for some sort of explanation for what was going mm-hmm. on. They just don't provide one. That's what yeah. I love about beef too. You know, Either they just you get it or you don't. Yeah. yeah it's just like a, a, it's part of the, yeah. it's part of their lives. And yeah. you just like, yeah. you have to be there okay was with stuff that. I didn't get that. Yeah. I was like, fuck, but I'm black. Please tell me. Yeah. Right and now. it's like, just watch. I loved it. Yeah. No, like Especially the not explaining things. It's like becoming more prevalent from the fringes. It's so great. It's really like nice. it's so like it's challenging in really important ways. The only people you're really explaining stuff to is always white people. It's always, it's white, always people. white people. Yes. Mm-hmm. People of color know how to roll with the punches. Yeah. Right. It's always white people. Yeah. That you're that you're talking to. And then yeah, so the not explaining is like this is a powerful thing that's happening in our in our culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm so and I'm like I don't know if I would even I think I would be on the other side of that like why don't I know what this is? So it's like good to hear from. Yeah. It's good to hear from you. Well, on it's because people of color are constantly on the outside looking in, so we have the mm-hmm. skills that it takes to. And just I, like, have to, I'm over have here to like figure well, it out. Why we're aren't you explaining to things it to out. me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, so uh, special thanks to uh, Tess Patino, our producer, executive producer, and social media goddess uh, Joe Mahoney. Under ordinary circumstances, is our audio engineer who's currently trying to find a new. Uh, studio space for us and um amy young does our website jared selby does our theme song and we want to hear from you y'all we haven't gotten any listener letters in a minute i know we left you you know on red for six months but come on talk yeah. to us we want to hear from you don't be like we want to don't be like that we want to hear about your i'll cut you off okay <laughs> <laughs> we want to hear about your jesus following and your anti-racism and all about your faith so hit us up on colorcorrectionpodcast.com and with that say black little mermaid Thank you.